Hello, I'm Solazar, and welcome to Good Vibrations Radio Tools for Transformation. Now, quantum physics tells us that we are all energy vibrating at different frequencies, and in Good Vibrations Radio, we bring you information that allows you to change the vibrational frequency of your life. We are your source for everyday alchemy, so you can turn the lead in your life into gold. Good Vibrations Radio is made possible through the sponsorship of Magic for Life, the promoter-producer of the Rhoda Psychic Fair. The Rhoda Psychic Fair has been a constant in Monterey County for the past 34 years. Our last fair was October 21st and 22nd, and our next event is October 13th and 14th at the Monterey County Fairgrounds. I encourage you to sign up for the email list on rotapsychicfair.com and goodvibrationsradio.com so you can be notified about the upcoming events. Now, last week, Kiralani shared the vibrational energy of June in her Go With The Flow segment. If you missed any part of that broadcast, you may visit the podcast page of Good Vibrations Radio. The link is on the homepage of the Good Vibrations Radio website. Before we get into the show, let me tell you a little bit about me. I'm a speaker, performer, radio, a reader, a healer, a radio host, and author. And I must be going out of my body because I'm jumping ahead of myself. I've been part of the metaphysical community all my life, and my undergraduate and graduate degrees are in metaphysics. Now, this show shares a variety of metaphysical subjects offered by those who have explored those areas in depth. For those who listen regularly, you know I like to start each show with a reading from Day by Day with James Allen. In 1903, James Allen published his essay, As a Man Thinketh, and he chose the title from chapter 23, verse 7 of Proverbs, which says, As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. It was described by Alan as a book that will help you help yourself. He wanted all of us to know that in your own thought world, you hold the key to every condition, good or bad, that enters into your life. Your present reality is a direct outcome of your past thoughts, intentions, and beliefs. But your future is not predestined by your past. By working patiently and intelligently on your thoughts, intentions, and beliefs, you can remake your life and transform your circumstances. In Day by Day with James Allen, his essay has been broken into a separate section for each day of the month. For the 11th day of the month, James Allen shares formula for success. He conceives of, mentally builds up an ideal condition of life the vision of a wider liberty and a larger scope take possession of him. Unrest urges him to action, and he utilizes all his spare time and means 
small though they are, to the development of his latent powers and resources. This is the most direct and simple formula for success. Create a definiteness of purpose in your life. Some may call it a goal. Some may call it a vision. But it's the foundational principle that defines your life choices. A definiteness of purpose. In his book, Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill offers this poem. I bargained with life for a penny, and life would pay no more. However, I begged at evening when I counted my scanty score. For life is just an employer. He gives you what you ask. But once you have set the wages, why, you must bear the task. I worked for a menial's hire only to learn dismayed that any wage I had asked of life, life would have willingly paid. What is your definiteness of purpose? What is your internal clarity that you know guides your choices and your direction? I've shared many times that I have a series of prayers and affirmations I use each day to help me focus on positive thoughts and chase away some of those negative, gloomy, pessimistic thoughts that may get implanted. I do a morning and evening series of forgiveness prayers. I do a gratitude affirmation. I do ho'oponopono. I do unconditional love affirmations. And I collect a positive thought from the daily word produced by the Unity School of Christianity. And the daily word from Monday, June 11th says, my inner light keeps me pointed in the right direction. Whenever the drama of your life attempts to draw you from the definiteness of your purpose, go within and draw strength from the inner divine being you already are. The divine wants the best for you in your unfolding journey of life. Draw your light from within and set the definiteness of purpose for your life. Which brings us to our guest for today. Dr. Arnie Buss received an an undergraduate degree in psychology from Rutgers University and a PhD from Cornell University. Now, he's been teaching at the undergraduate and graduate level for over 30 years. His passion is facilitating and teaching classes about interpersonal communications. He works with individuals and couples to resolve their interpersonal communication issues. And in the past seven years, he's given presentations on interpersonal communication skills to a number of organizations in the Monterey area. Now, Dr. Buss joins us with his segment, Speaking of Listening, on the second Monday of each month from 5 to 6 p.m. Let's listen to this musical introduction of Dr. Arnie Buss and Speaking of Listening. To the song here in my heart A melody I start but can't complete Listen To the sound from deep within It's only beginning to find And welcome to Speaking of Listening on Good Vibrations Radio. As Solazar said, I'm your host for this segment, Arnie Buss. 
Speaking of listening is about ways of approving all of your relationships by learning to listen from your heart. And I will be giving uh, workshops and uh, and also individual uh, consultations if desired. And you can find out about that by emailing me at ahbus at consciousawareheart.com. That's all one word, consciousawareheart. Uh, my website is consciousawareheart.com. And there you can hear uh, past archives of this segment as well as some other uh, materials and information about upcoming events. Now, the key to listening is that it's not just about hearing the words that the other person is saying. It's about really engaging that person in a dialogue and uh, and decoding the hidden messages that lie beneath the words themselves. And today I'm going to try to unpack uh, some of that by addressing and hopefully answering four questions that uh, that come up from time to time. Uh, the first is is something that you've probably heard, and that's the question: Would you rather be right or happy? And what what does that mean? I'm going to try to unpack that and and try to put a little bit of meat on those bones. Second question is, why is communication so crucial in relationships? Then why is effective listening so crucial in communication? And finally, why is tracking what I teach the most effective approach, in my opinion, to being an effective listener? So let's look at these questions. You probably have heard the expression, would you rather be right or happy? And if you're like me, you say, well, what, is it, what does that mean? <laughs> well, I have a, uh, do I have to have a choice? I mean, why can't I be right and happy? Or uh, I'll, I'll be happy if I'm right. I actually don't like the word happy. Uh, I prefer substituting the words at peace. So for me, this question, I translate this question as, would you rather be right or at peace? And to me, that kind of gets to what uh, is really being conveyed by this. Notice that the, and in a sense, what I've done uh, here is what I've talked about when you track someone or you listen to them very deeply, you, you hear what's behind it, what's underneath it. So in this context, I think happy is kind of, uh, I, an understandable word to be used in this context, and and for me the word happy kind of connotes, you know, it's uh, some things that um, are, are are not necessarily ideal when it comes to relationships. Again, yeah, we we all want to be happy, but but happy can be a very superficial uh, type of thing. Uh, to me, being at peace. Is is a somewhat more uh, in-depth uh, uh, concept. Because the the next thing is is that being right has nothing to do with objective facts, and that <laughs> that may strike you as being a little odd. So be being right in this context. I'll say it again. It has nothing to do with the facts. It has to do with an attitude. 
So if your attitude is, I'm right, then that sends the message that you're wrong if you have a different point of view. So I'm right sends the message that you're wrong, even if you don't say it. If you have that attitude that I'm right and you're wrong, then that can be antithetical to being at peace. Because if I'm right and you're wrong, that means that we are essentially in a dialogue of conflict. Other messages that I'm right send, that you value your own opinions over the relationship. In other words, it's more important what I think about it, and I would rather hurt the relationship by making you wrong. It sends the message that if I'm right, then that means that I'm not willing to consider any other perspective. And if there were only one perspective, then there would be a whole lot less conflict and wars and other things going on in the world. There would be far fewer conflicts and relationships if there were only one perspective. But the reality is that there are many different perspectives, and one is not necessarily more right than the other. Now, again, this has nothing to do with facts. I mean, they're, they're, uh, um, that's a whole other idea. But it, it, the attitude of I'm right means that your mind is closed to possibilities. And if your mind is closed to possibilities, then it isn't really at peace. Because being at peace means being at peace with everything as it is. Another message that it kind of sends, especially if you're really adamant that if somehow you've been proven wrong, then your sense of your self-worth has been diminished somehow. In other words, if my sense of worth is tied up in whether I'm right or not, and I'm only okay if I'm right, then if I happen to be wrong, then that means I'm not okay. And to one extent or other, sadly, we all have that. I mean, I I, I can't uh, claim with truthfulness that I that I don't have any elements of that. And uh, it, you know, part of the process is kind of just recognizing those areas. So if if that's the case for you, that means that you have to maintain your self-esteem by sticking to your rightness at the expense of everything else, including a relationship. Again, it means that the relationship is not as important as your own ego. In other words, being right is essentially an ego statement. It's what the ego needs to stay you know, alive, basically. And the more that you can let go of that, I mean, it doesn't mean that you have to let go of of your perspective or your opinions, but it's it happens when, when you grip it so tightly that everything else falls apart. And it's it's sad to see so much of that in the world these days. 
both in relationships, I mean, in in the political arena, between countries. I mean, it's it's uh, it's very unfortunate uh, that there's so much of that going on. And we're <laughs> this era is not unique to that. All, all you have to do is is uh, study some history, and you'll see uh, examples of just um, horrendous. Uh, terrible things that have happened all throughout history. As the saying goes, those <clears throat> who don't study history are condemned to repeat it. And uh, for me, the corollary is those who do study history are condemned to stand around and watch everybody else repeat it. But that's another talk. So would you rather be right than happy means that, to me, that uh, holding on to your beliefs, to your opinions, to your perspective, uh, is is something which which is harmful to relationships, and it's it's actually in a way harmful to your own spirit because um, if you if you know everything, then there's nothing more to learn. So, which leads to the next question: Why is communication so crucial in relationships? You know, I've been reading these days where uh, it, it, a lot of uh, couples therapists are now um, <clears throat> downplaying the uh, the importance of communication, and I think that's a little unfortunate. Uh, I'm not exactly sure why that is. I suspect it's because they haven't found an effective enough way to to help couples communicate more effectively. I mean, I've uh, I've interacted with uh, a number of um, of therapists, and I, I certainly don't mean to denigrate them by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, and and yet, um, many uh, themselves have not really mastered uh, the kind of communication skills that I, that I talk about here, and that and that you can that, that others also talk about, because mastering communication skills. Is more than just kind of learning, uh, you know, learning how to hit a ball or, or or learning how to play the guitar or something. It's not some. It is something that you can practice, and but but it involves a much uh, deeper emotional uh, relationship, both with yourself and with the other person. So why is communication so crucial in relationships? Well, l- let me talk about what intimacy means. Uh, intimacy to me. Is is sharing your innermost thoughts and feelings with another person. You know, intimacy is sharing your innermost thoughts and feelings with another person. And now, with so-called intimate relationships, then uh, those relationships are more intimate <laughs> uh, if nearly all the thoughts and feelings are, are, are being shared. In other words, if very little is, is being held back. On the other hand, with, with, say, friendship, you will share some thoughts and some feelings. I mean, that's what makes it a friendship. Um, and, and yet there will be some things that, that are not being shared, but that, you know, there is still what makes a friendship a friendship is, is this sharing of, uh, of what's going on inside. And if somebody's just an acquaintance, a cat, or somebody you've just met, then uh, you might share a few thoughts and 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 very few feelings, or at least if it's going to last. <laughs> um, I was reading about 
uh, you know, things not to do on a first date, you know, and, and kind of getting getting too into, you know, your feelings on the first date is usually kind of a turn off. So, you know, in other words, don't don't ask someone to uh, to move in or marry you on, on the first date. It's, it's a little bit too soon. In other words, the the the, the process of becoming uh, either a friend or or an intimate partner is is a process and, and it involves uh, navigating that. And throughout it, it involves sharing. So uh, most of us have um, have friends and, and maybe uh, maybe an intimate relationship. Um, and if you don't, then, uh, well, <laughs> then why are you listening to this? <laughs> but how confident are you that the other person really knows your thoughts and feelings? And think of someone uh, close to you, uh, maybe an intimate partner, maybe maybe a, a good friend. How confident are you that that person really knows your think your what you're thinking and what you're feeling without communication how can you be sure without effective communication your perception of what their thoughts and feelings are is about you not them as how well do you know what they're thinking and what they're feeling Without effective communication, then it really is just your projection onto them, and likely vice versa. If there isn't effective communication, then what they think of you or what they think of of what your your innermost uh, self is about uh, is probably based on a projection by them. Now, before earlier, Solazar was talking about about how everything is energy, and, and I, I believe that to be to be true. But and communication is sending and receiving energy. Communication is all about sending and receiving energy, or sharing your energy with another person. So we have a sender or a speaker who is sending the energy, and a receiver or a listener who's receiving the energy. You know, and it's it's. I mean, it's like a like a TV or a radio, you know, where, where you have a broadcaster and you have a receiver. And and the problem is, is that if if one of the channels, either the speaker or the receiver, has static, then that blocks the energy. You know, there, there there's this concept of signal to noise ratio. So the signal is the message that's being sent, and the noise is anything that interferes with that. So if you if you turn your TV on and all you see is static and snow, then that's that's what that's noise. That's the you know the visual noise. In communication, some of the sources of noise include the following. So if if you're the speaker and you're not expressing yourself very clearly. Then that's that's a source of noise. In other words, the word the words aren't kind of aren't making sense, and they aren't uh, adequately conveying what what is really going on. That's that's one source of noise. But most of the other sources have to do with the receiver. So if the receiver has internal noise, uh, then the message, no matter how clearly and how effectively it's being sent, is simply not going to be received. 
And some of the two main sources of internal noise in inter, in an interpersonal communication are uh, first an internal voice, an internal dialogue with yourself while the other person is sending a message. Uh, for example, you may only be listening, oh, half listening. And while the other person is speaking, uh, you might be mentally just tapping your foot, waiting for them to stop so you can have your say. Or they may be saying something that you're disagreeing with. And, and so, you, yeah, you're, you're sort of listening to them, but you know what they're going to say. And so you're instead of focusing on their uh, what they're saying and communicating, you're uh, internally concentrating on okay now here's uh, he uh, he just said this so so here's here's how here's my reply and he just said that and so here's how I'm, I'm going to contradict that so usually when we're formulating an answer it's to contradict what the speaker is saying or it might be just okay I you know I I'm not interested in listening I only want to speak so I'll just kind of uh, you know nod until they stop talking and then I'll have my say. The second source of internal noise is is making the speaker wrong. And I'll um, uh, talk a little bit more in a, in a bit about what I mean by that. By uh, and making a, making someone wrong has nothing to do with the facts. Again, so again, I'll I'll, I'll come back to that. So communication is crucial in relationships because that's the only way that you can know what's going on inside the other person, and that's the only way that the other person can know what's going on in you. And I think it's unfortunate that uh, that it's it seems to be falling out of favor a little bit, at least with some uh, of the couples uh, counselors. Um, but uh, that's uh, that's just on them. That doesn't change my. Uh, assertion that communication is, in fact, crucial in relationships. So now, why is effective listening crucial in communication? And and that kind of follows with what I was just talking about. If if you're the speaker and and the what's blocking the communication has to do with you being the source of the noise, that is, you not being clear about what you're saying, then you can work to clarify your message. And, and that's that's certainly uh, the case, you know. So if the other person is is in fact listening effectively, but not getting what you're saying, then then that means that the the solution is to clarify uh, your your how you're saying it. You know, find better words, find more uh, an adequate way, or uh, uh, perhaps ideally, <laughs> um, if. Uh, you know, kind of track yourself, sort of find or track the other person to to find out what it was about your message that was unclear. On the other hand, if you're interacting with a noisy listener, that is someone who's who you can tell is not really uh, with you, but but you know, mentally tapping their foot, then uh, the best thing to do is to switch to tracking them, because if that's what they're doing, then your message is falling on deaf ears, so to speak. In other words, uh, a message has to be sent effectively and received effectively. And if either one of those is not uh, working, then the message isn't getting across. So what's the point of talking? What's the point of expressing yourself if the other person just isn't uh, hearing it? 
The way to break that logjam is to find out what's going on for that person. In other words, kind of track them. And, you know, so, for example, you could say something like, uh, you know, uh, perhaps you're hearing something that you disagree with. Or, or perhaps there's something that was expressed that, that uh, you have a problem with. And one thing that helps me is uh, on j just remembering that is uh, Stephen Covey's uh, Fifth Habit, in which, which briefly stated is, seek first to understand and then be understood. So the best way to be understood is to first understand. And in this context, uh, to understand what is going on for the other person that is preventing them from hearing what you have to say. So if you are the listener, though, and you are the source of the noise, in other words, you can work to turn off that internal voice that's, that's, uh, um, that's preventing you from really deeply understanding and hearing what the other person is saying and focus all the attention on the speaker. That can be very challenging to do, especially if you're hearing uh, something that you disagree with. So that's, I mean, if, if everything, if you're hearing something you agree with, communication is easy. It's when you're hearing something that's a little more challenging that communication skills really come into effect. So most of the changes that can make communication more effective, they have to do be, with being a better listener or a more effective listener. And the most effective approach to listening that I found is tracking. And so my fourth question that I sometimes get asked is why asked is why is tracking the most effective approach to effective listening? Since you asked, I'll tell you. <laughs> well, first, tracking starts with an attitude of not making anybody wrong. And before I said, I would I would unpack that a little bit. So what does it mean to make someone wrong? Now, that, that has nothing to do with whether they have their facts uh, off or, uh, or whether you agree with them. Making someone wrong is about judging them or criticizing them. And, and whether you are explicit, certainly if you're explicit about judging or criticizing, then that usually leads to an escalation of the conflict or a breaking off of, of, uh, of the dialogue. Uh, nobody likes to be criticized. And in a relationship that's important to you to judge or criticize the other person is, is putting them down, putting them in a, less, a lesser position and that is an anathema to having a deep relationship. And even if it's a friendship, you want that friendship to be as uh, as wonderful as possible. And ask yourself if you, if you're feeling judgmental or critical of the other person, you know, ask yourself how does this help the relationship? How does this attitude that I have towards them? help the relationship? Is it helping or is it hurting? So tracking begins with that attitude of not making anyone wrong. That doesn't mean that you have to accept something which is unacceptable. It doesn't mean you have to agree with something with which you disagree. But you don't make the other person wrong. You don't judge them or criticize them 
because they have a different point of view. Tracking puts all of the focus on the speaker. So it can therefore help quiet the internal noise that can be an anathema to effective communication. So by putting all of your focus on the speaker, it's almost like being, well, it is like being mindful. You're being mindful of what is going on. What is going on is the other person is expressing something and you are as open as you can possibly be to receiving it. And especially if it's something difficult to hear, then the more at peace you can be with that and accepting of the other person, then the more likely it is to actually deepen and enhance the relationship than hurt it. So tracking can help quiet that internal noise that we sometimes have. One thing that I found that really helps are, are two magic words. And those magic words are so you and sometimes just so. And the reason they're magic and that because they, they help focus Instead of the usual response or reaction to what you hear, if you just simply remember to start with the word so you and then see what comes out naturally based upon what the other person is saying. So you're not okay with what's going on. Or so something's going on that, that, that's unacceptable to you. Or so you'd like to see something different. Again, what, what helps with this is that uh, with practice, uh, first of all, you notice that it often helps defuse the situation because if you've been paying attention to what they're saying, then what you can say after so you is, uh, is usually a validating statement. And, and everyone likes to be validated, keeping in mind that validating someone is not agreeing with them. Even if it's not a particularly confrontational conversation, it still helps clarify the speaker's message and lets them know that you're that you're listening, that you're that you're with them, that you're paying attention. So, to return to an earlier question, how do you know that you have received the message that the other person has sent? Well, tracking first of all lets them know and if your tracking response is kind of off the mark, then they're likely to correct it, which means you eventually land on what it is they're trying to say. And if you're fortunate enough to be tracked yourself, then uh, the usual result is that you're confident that your message has been received and you can correct any responses that are off. So things to be careful about when you're tracking is, is to stay mindful, to be in the present, uh, to avoid pronouns like I, we, us, my, etc. Use only you, if at all possible. Keep your angst or anger out of your voice. Match the speaker's energy. Avoid entrapping statements that appear to be tracking, you know, um, so you thought that would be a great idea, you know? No, no that's that sounds like uh, structurally it's like a tracking statement, but it's it's uh, it's really making the other person wrong. Avoid parroting. 
You know, don't just repeat the words. If if you hear something, if you're somebody say, well, I, you know, I just said that, then you're probably parroting. And I'll talk more about some of these other things uh, in other segments. But in the meantime, uh, we have come to uh, the end of this segment, and I so appreciate your uh, listening to Speaking of Listening. Again, just to recap, uh, I've addressed four questions today. So w- would you rather be right or happy? Why communication is crucial in relationships? Why listening is crucial in communication? And why tracking is the most effective approach to being a good listener. And until then, you have been listening to Speaking of Listening on Good Vibrations Radio with Solazar. I've been your host, Arnie Buss, and I so thank you for joining me today. You can hear Speaking of Listening every second Monday at 5 o'clock right here on Good Vibrations Radio. Uh, to learn more, you can visit my website. That's uh, ConsciousAwareHeart.com. Uh, you can like me on Facebook at AwareHeart. You can follow me on Twitter at Effect5Com. That's Effect, the number 5, C-O-M-M. I, I haven't been tweeting that much lately, but um, maybe I'll start up again. Uh, my email is ahbus, A-H-B-U-S-S, at ConsciousAwareHeart.com. And until next time, remember, listen with your heart. Oh, you should have listened. There is someone here inside, someone I thought had died so long ago. So you can connect with Dr. Buss by going to ConsciousAwareHeart.com and you can also link to his website through the guest page of Good Vibrations Radio. Now on Friday, March 30th, we held the quarterly preview with the astrology, numerology, and wisdom of the tarot for April, May, and June. We shared the energy of 2018 as well as the detail about each of those months. And at that time, I drew the three of rainbows as the card for June. The title of this card is Guidance. This card reminds us that all the guidance we need is found within our intuitive self. Our inner guide, our Dharma, is our inner Buddha. Often we don't want to look inside and listen. We turn away in doubt. The card says you can trust your inner guidance. Following your inner guide will make you feel more whole, more ingrained. And trust yourself. Avoid smothering what you've created within with too much attention or too many restrictions or by imposing too many conditions. May was about patience. So as you carry your patience from May forward through this month, remember to trust yourself and listen to your inner Buddha. And this is a big week for information and deciding what is most important for you. You start by often asking outside yourself what's important and what should you, you should do. And that's where you end up putting your power. You need to start asking inside. Put your power inside yourself. Tomorrow, at 1 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time, Mercury moves into Cancer. And Mercury feels held back in Cancer. Mercury is fleet of feet. 
and cancer is water. So we have those fleet feet sitting in water. It just isn't comfortable. At the same time, mercury and cancer will temper communications, making us choose our words more carefully in a more nurturing way. And this is followed on Wednesday by the Gemini new moon at 12.40 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time. Now, Gemini loves communication, probably too much. And because it's Gemini, it bounces back and forth on different sides, struggling to make a decision. So at the same time on Wednesday at 4.41 a.m., Mercury in Cancer and Uranus in Taurus will create a trine, which is a harmonious karmic aspect. Now, you have to be willing to accept the energy from a trine. It's not automatic, but it is there. Mercury and Uranus both affect the mind and our mental process. Uranus is often the source of genius, which means watch for information that comes to you out of the blue, that shifts how you've been looking at things. It may be solutions. It may be information. It may be direction. But it will turn the light bulb on in your mind and shift your direction if you allow it. Now, right after the new moon, Venus, the goddess of love and harmony, moves into Leo, bringing a definite energy of mixing, mingling, and socializing. It's the kickoff of summer fun in advance of the solstice. When you add Thursday's square of Venus and Leo and Uranus and Taurus, you'll find yourself seeking what's authentic in your relationships and what authentic love really means for you. Since all of this energy will affect the truth of who you are, you may find your ideas of what is important in your life and what you expect from those in your life, as well as what you expect from your government that impacts your life. So as I mentioned earlier, define your definiteness, definiteness of purpose and check to see if you're living in agreement with that. Remember, your ultimate truth is your ultimate truth. As I close, I want to once again share the anonymous poem from Empower Astrology. In the midst of hate, I found there was within me an invincible love. In the midst of tears, I found there was within me an invincible smile. In the midst of chaos, I found there was within me an invincible calm. And I realized through it all that in the midst of winter, I found there was within me an invincible summer. No matter how hard the world pushes against you, within you, there's something stronger, something better pushing right back. Whatever you give, do so from your heart. Open to your inner shaman. Practice being non-judgmental. Practice being in balance. Hold all your experiences as sacred. Do your daily practice of gratitude by saying, thank you for everything. I have no complaints whatsoever. Choose to express from love in all your encounters. I live and practice loving kindness in all situations. Accept yourself fully. I accept and love myself unconditionally. Open yourself fully to love using this affirmation, I surrender all to love. Express and heal your self-love by doing Ho'oponopono, I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. 
You are not the victim. You have a choice. As a reminder, June 29th at the Monterey Elks Lodge, we'll hold the next quarterly preview with the astrology, numerology, and wisdom of the Tarot for July, August, and September. Visit goodvibrationsradio.com for more information. Thank you for listening to Good Vibrations Radio. We'll talk again Monday, 5 to 6 p.m., when Joyce Day News from Pacific Astrology will share essential celestial guidance for June and July in her Your Lucky Stars segment. Until next week, remember, turn the lead in your life into gold. Thank you for listening. Many blessings. Namaste.